0: Welcome to sports BKC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, September 21st. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Ho-hum, another Chiefs victory on Sunday, only there was nothing ho-hum about the 23-20 overtime triumph against the Los Angeles Chargers. It took an 11-point comeback in the second half to force overtime and clutch play by the Chiefs on a day when they didn't bring their best game. Nobody came up bigger than Harrison Butker, who banged home a 58-yard field goal to win the game. It was his second kick from that distance on the day. No Chiefs kicker had ever kicked a longer field goal. After the game, the Stars' coverage team of Sam Mellinger, LaHagor Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Sam McDowell discussed the game on Sportsbeat Live. You'll hear that here. After a break, we'll play the post-game interview with the day's hero, Harrison Butker. So, here we go. Hello! I got buds in my ears, a mask on my face, and I'm in Inglewood, California, along with Baje Gregorian, where just a couple hours ago, we put we saw the Chiefs put a finishing touches on a 23-20 overtime victory over the Los Angeles Chargers, a game that I did not think the Chiefs would win when we left to the third quarter and entered the fourth. So we are going to talk about this, uh, another Chiefs comeback victory. And we're going to do it with Herbie Teope, Chief Pete Ryder. Herbie, how you doing? I'm joining you, Blair Mass,
1: but I'm going to pretend I'm an NFL referee, so I'm going to pull it down so <laughs> everyone can hear me talk.
0: There you go. <laughs> and Pete Radhoff is here as well. Pete, how you doing?
2: Good, good. Quite a game.
0: Quite a game indeed. Uh, quite a game. And someone else, there he is, the man, Come the man. myth, Vyhe Gregorian, uh, sitting about 20 feet away from me, also masked up. Hey, Vahe. <laughs> Hi, Blair. Hi,
3: Pete. Hi, Herbie. What's going on, Vahe? All
0: right, we got a ton of questions that we're going to get to. This is about uh, us talking about the game, but uh, also uh, those of you that uh, that that watch us uh, that we really appreciate. Weigh in. Uh, give us your questions and comments, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Um, okay, I put it out there. Uh, Herbie, when it was 17-6, to 6, um, and about the time that uh, that Pat Mahomes got sacked, you know, back near midfield, I just figured, okay, you know, it's, the sec- it's like the second preseason game. Uh, they- there's- it's-, it's messy, it's sloppy, the Chiefs just aren't playing well. This one's not going to go their way. And here we are a few hours later, uh, Chiefs are 2-0, overtime win. So much to talk about. What struck you most about this one? Mahomes happened. That, that's the thing that that really stood out to me. But I think, like, in the beginning,
1: it was clear this Chiefs team was was very sluggish. Uh, and I think what might have thrown them off was the fact that they, they spent the entire week of practice preparing for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor aggravated a chest injury during pregame warm-ups, and all of a sudden you get – you have all this preparation for Tyrod Taylor and his skill set. Now you're going against Justin Herbert. I'm positive they have zero film on this guy, and they didn't prepare for him at all. Uh, there was no preseason film on him whatsoever. And, and so now you have to adjust. You have to adjust your defensive mindset from preparing for Tyrod Taylor for Justin Herbert. And they kind of threw him off in the beginning. That, that first drive, I thought Herbert looked exceptionally well. Their, their opening drive, they are able to just ram it right down the Chief's throat. And then when they were up 17-9, I was like, I don't know if they can win this game. And, of course, we should know better than that, (laughs) especially last year during the postseason. Many times we wrote them off when they were down, and they somehow find a way to win because of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, That that throw that he made to Tyreek Hill was just out of this world. It was just unbelievable. Rolling to his right, throwing off of his back foot, 50 yards in the air. On a dime, the Tyreek Hill for a touchdown, that's when you knew, even though they were still down at that point, the minute they tied it with the two-point conversion, the Chiefs were going to win this game.
0: Well, a couple things about that. So we're in the press box here in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium, but we do have the, the CBS feed on, and Jim Nance and Tony Romo said there's one, maybe two quarterbacks in the league that could make the throw that Mahomes made rolling to his right and getting that much air under the ball to get it to Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill told us after the game that uh, um, that uh, Mahomes overthrew it a little bit. Uh, he, had to, he had to you know reach out, and that's why he didn't catch it in stride and walk into the end zone that way. He tumbled, you know, did a somersault into the end zone. So, And then let's not forget the two-point conversion play. That, that was every bit not as strong-armed, but but just an incredible throw by, uh, by, by Patrick Mahomes to McCole Hardman that he, you know, ran by him, threw back across, and um, and, and somehow saw in a crowd, you know, a, a little bit of a window for McCole Hardman, and that made it 17-all, and Pete, I was wondering, what, at that point, were you, you thinking Chiefs are going to get this one?
2: I was, and then the Chargers went on that 10-minute drive, and yeah. I thought, oh man, maybe it's not going to happen after all. I was, uh, I got to give credit to the Chargers for just answering They They could have folded right there, and Rookie quarterback thrown into his first start, um, so it, the game just had a lot of twists and turns. And I think both teams really didn't play great at times, but also came through with big plays when they needed to, especially the Chiefs. Because uh, I'm with you; it didn't look good for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even the game-winning drive uh, for for Butker. Um, it, well, it's to both of them, the, the 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 drive that got the game tied to send it overtime, and then the game-winning was still had offensive line penalties. Um, Gosh, a big holding call on Andrew Wiley that I I thought the Chiefs were going to win it in regulation, the way they were moving the ball. But offensive line, you know, uh, assembly and Wiley, I think each up picked up a holding call on that drive and and they ended up settling for the, the, the field goal to send it to overtime. So um, I I guess before we go any further, we have got to tip our hat to uh, Harrison Butker. I mean, my gosh! Um, he told us after the game that uh, he was ma- he made a sixty-seven yarder in the pregame and a seventy-yarder at halftime, and was comfortable from fifty-eight. And um, Bahe, were you in on the Butker interview?
3: I was not, Blair. I was uh, okay. uh,
0: on deep, another assignment. Deep in- Deep, um, <laughs> deep in work, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, Butker, Butker after the game... they on fire, I think, is what it's called, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, with the, with the deadlines being what they are. But after the game, um, you know, Butker has said, look, he's the second most accurate kicker in NFL history behind Justin Tucker, and he said coming into the season, he just he wanted to take it to the next level, and the next level for him is leg strength. And my gosh, what else can you do but hitting 258-yarders in the stadium to christen the stadium to to prove that you've you've got that leg strength. So just an amazing job. To, to the leg strength, I, mean, I remember hey, in training hey, it's camp. It's
1: funny, Blair.
3: Go ahead, go ahead,
1: <laughs> No, I remember in training camp where he had mentioned you, how you he could get stronger with kicking. Um, and that was something that Dave Tobe mentioned because I remember the first – Uh, training camp practice had an arrowhead that was open to fans, he kicked a 62-yarder and a 69-yarder. And and don't forget, during the offseason, he had the videos of him attempting a 72 and a 77-yarder. And one of the things that he said that he did during the offseason was he did work on strength and he changed his diet. And and the thing that stuck out to me, because I did a story on that right before training camp ended about how he he built up his strength, he said when he practices longer field goals – then the fifty yarders just sort of feel easier, and they become routine. And for the fact that he's out there practicing seventy yarders at halftime, you know, if you give him anything at fifty to fifty-eight yards, it's probably money in the bank at this point.
3: So, um, by the way, a quick aside on that, Blair. Blair, do you remember this? That um, that they came out, the uh, specialists came out really early in halftime. I mean, they were they were out with almost like eight or ten minutes to go in the half in the halftime. Yep.
0: No, that's right. More than more than halfway, uh, you know. With more than halftime, wasn't halfway through when uh, the, the the field goal team was out kicking field goals. I thought that was interesting, as well. Um, all right, how much how much credit for the offense having you know nine points by the end of the third quarter? How much credit do we give the Chargers defense? I say we give them a ton of credit. Um, I I was really really impressed with. Because we saw this, we have seen this in years past. The, the Mexico City game um, was a dogfight, and Mahomes didn't have good numbers there. And um, the, the game in at Arrowhead last year, the, the Chiefs kind of put it away with a touchdown at the end. So, um, what is it about this defense that that just um, that just really seems to bother the Chiefs and Mahomes? You've got two
1: elite pass rushers there, and I think that's what we saw. Today And that was so impressive to me with what the Chargers were able to do, because you remember we were singing the Chiefs offensive lines praises last week, uh, the way they manhandled the Texans, which also has a pretty darn good defensive front. But they manhandled them. They come on the road here and Bolsa and Ingram just gave Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher all kinds of problems that they were very disruptive in the backfield. Uh, through the first half, Mahomes only averaged 3.2 yards per pass attempt or pass completion because he didn't have time to sit back there and throw it. And what's fascinating to me is we saw now through two games, two defenses that are taking away the receivers deep. You're forcing Patrick Mahomes to go underneath, and the only way that works is if your defensive end is able to get pressure on a quarterback and the Chargers – Worked. They worked, worked that that strategy very well today, until Mahomes happened.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, David Ederling uh, says, "I uh, thought the defense played well, especially considering the missing pieces for much of the game. There were some, you know, there were some uh, banged up Chiefs in this game, um, and let's just start with the, the, the players that weren't there. I mean the." This is a secondary that um, that's going to be different in in a in a few weeks, isn't it? I mean, uh, Travis Ward will be back from the fractured hand. Bashard Breeland will be back from the suspension. Um, uh, you know, they lost Antonio Hamilton today to an injury, so he basically you had Rashad Fenton back there and Legereus Sneed with a, coming up with another interception. It turns out. That's the play that started the you know the sort of a turnaround because that 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 after that there was the 95 yard touchdown drive by the Chiefs so it kept the the Chargers out of the end zone and, and started a, a Chiefs possession so the the linebackers got beat up today uh, Anthony Hitchens got got hit hard Damian Wilson you know trying to knock Justin Herbert out of bounds got the worst of that deal and you know he was groggy coming off one injury that that Andy Reid did not like much and uh pete maybe you can speak to this was the um sammy watkins hit to uh you know it looks like he got uh, a little bit of helmet to helmet and andy reed who usually doesn't mention this this sort of thing said in the post game he was pretty upset about about that
2: yeah it looked like denzel perryman lowered his helmet and i mean that looked about as clear a helmet to helmet hit as there is um yeah. You know, the CBS announcers didn't really say anything about, wow, that's just kind of a tough hit. I I thought he should have been penalized for sure. I I, mean, I was very surprised because it, you could tell immediately something was wrong and he went down and was groggy and you could tell he, he didn't really know what was going on. So I, I, I haven't seen what Reed said. I'm sure maybe Herbie or Vahe can fill us in on that. But that I, I definitely thought that should have been a penalty.
1: Yeah, what, what what Andy Reid basically said, I'm going to quote him verbatim here, quote, Sammy got a hit to the head that I thought was very questionable. He got hit to the head. So we're not supposed to have those in our game. And then Blair is absolutely correct. It's, it's very uncommon to hear Andy Reid because um, he was very emphatic the way he said that. Granted, there was not a penalty on the play, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Denzel Perriman is not going to hear from the league because the league does review all these hits. And and coaches also on Monday had the opportunity to send film to the league headquarters, say, can you please review this? So I'm, I'm sure Denzel Perriman might hear from the league at some point during this league. And by Friday, we should know if he got fined.
0: Yeah, and and I don't know about um, you know uh, Watkins in the concussion protocol now too. I suspect it, uh, he could he could miss time because of that. Um, he was he really was a tough hit. One other um, you know should it or should it not have been a penalty was the Tyreek after the Tyreek Hill touchdown, um, mm. removing his helmet and. I know that Jim Nance and Tony Romo were, you know, they brought in um, their, their rules guy and said, absolutely, that was a, pe- officials missed it. That was a penalty. After the game, Tyreek Hill said he didn't take his helmet off. It came off and he would never do that, that, um, you know, that Andy Reid drilled it into him. You absolutely never take your, your, your helmet off. I don't, I don't know if there's a replay that shows that. Is that, Pete, is that something that you wrote about after the game?
2: Uh, I didn't write about it, but it did seem odd the way it just kind of came boom off. He didn't rip it off his head and hold it up like you might expect a player to do. Um, So I I was I wondered that, too, if it just kind of came off his head because he he hit the ground and got up pretty quick. But it was a strange situation. So, yeah, I mean, if if they would have been penalized there, that would have been a gigantic play because that would have been a two point conversion um, from like nearly 20 yards out
0: yeah if they had decided to take the two point conversion play it would have been that's a i i don't know if they automatically it's fifteen yards i think so it goes to the seventeen is that that may be the rule but you you wouldn't have gone for two there you, you would have kicked the extra point so yeah. sam mcDowell has joined us hey sam
4: hey what's going on how's l a
0: it is um Uh, It is empty, (laughs) for the the most part. Uh, What a a strange sensation, as Tyreek Hill said after the game, and I know Vahe and I have talked about it ever since we've been here, to fly into LAX, to drive to the stadium in in 10 minutes, um, and to just be in a state thousand-seat $5 billion stadium with no fans, Although Barbara Hedrick says she picked up the uh, screaming female Chiefs fan uh, on the TV broadcast. Um, I do know, Barbara, that above the Chiefs sideline was the uh, was the owner's box. And so Clark Hunt was there and Mark Donovan. And Clark's, do you think, daughter, Baje Yeah,
3: yeah. She, so, was, she was out there the whole whole time i there others others came and went but she, others came and went but she was out there the whole time okay so barbara so that's we
4: talked about uh the players having to adjust because we could hear them on tv but i guess we should have told the owner's family
0: <laughs> <laughs> make the adjustment <laughs> yeah um so, uh, you know, Kyle Coffey suggests that you know the Chargers had played without fans in its opening game. The Chiefs did not. Um, it was an advantage to the Chargers for um, just having been in that environment. I, I don't know. I, I don't uh, listen. I think it was more the Chargers' defense that was keeping things the Chiefs' offense off balance. And um, and Sam McDowell, I know that you you had you had thoughts on. Um, on the Chiefs offense and how difficult it was for, for wide receivers to, you know, for plays to develop and which to me, you know, negates one of the Chiefs strongest, uh, you know, abilities, and that's their speed. When, when Mahomes has, you know, so little time to, to, to make a play, then, you know, Hardman and Hill can't, you know, it's difficult for them to get open. Um, I know you talked to uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes after the game about this.
4: Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw them, I thought, for maybe the, the first three quarters at least intend to mimic last week's strategy, which worked. And we talked about that all throughout the week, that they they were okay taking the underneath stuff because that's what the Texans were giving them last week. Well, the Chargers were playing two deep safeties again today, but the difference was they were putting so much pressure with just four guys that the underneath stuff wasn't open that quickly. And so we just saw a Chiefs offense, I thought, completely out of sync timing-wise, you know, when when you're getting to the to the, we talk a lot about Ingram and um, Boza, and rightfully so. But um, you know, they, they had multiple guys getting pressure today. I mean, even when Mitchell Schwartz has given up a sack, <laughs> the Chiefs' offense is offensive line isn't playing all that well, and to see him give up a sack was just really bizarre but sort of indicative of the way that things were going for this Chiefs offense. And Mahomes, to his credit, he, he, he took the blame for a lot of what was going wrong with the offense early on. But to me, the the blame rested with, or maybe we should say credit because that Chargers defensive line is really good. Maybe we should give them as much credit as we blame the Chiefs offensive line. But that was the difference for those three quarters. If we're sitting here talking about a Chiefs loss after the game, that's what, 75% of our focus right now?
0: Yeah, it was Bosa that beat Mitchell Schwartz. So you've got just yeah. two two great players going after each other. But you're right, Sam. That's two games in a row that Mitchell Schwartz has surrendered to Sack without do without having that happen to him at, at all last year, right? I mean sure, he, he you're right. sixteen games in the playoffs without surrendering Sack. Um Terrence Warnell Robinson says he thinks the offensive line will be fine as long as they don't face defensive fronts this good. And I uh, I think that uh um, the Chargers will certainly be one of the better defensive fronts that the, uh, that the chiefs see this year. Uh, how about the linebacker play Herbie? What did you see? Um, <laughs> a lot of miss, I-, I saw missed tackles from, from linebackers and from, from others. You know, we saw Dan Sorensen get uh miss a tackle, Chris Jones, missed tackle. You know, I can, I can think in yeah. the game of individual plays where they seem to be in a good position to make the tackle. And, um, but but linebackers have to make these. That's what they're there for to make the tackle.
4: Well, let, Blair, let's list the guys who did not miss a tackle just to keep this shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: one Cornhill missed the
4: tackle on that first drive. I mean, it was it was just brutal defensive play. And I think
1: what, what what jumps out to me is when you miss those tackles, you especially in the backfield, you don't stop the running back when you should two three yards behind the line of scrimmage. It just opens it up so so much more. And the and the Chargers actually ended that game gaining 183 yards. And a touchdown on forty-four attempts, and Eckler and Kelly come. You know, Eckler had ninety-three yards rushing, Kelly had sixty-four, and you got to make those tackles. I, and I, I, granted, Wilson and Hitchens were hurt; they got dinged up, so they had to go off to the side. And at one point, it was Ben Neiman, uh, Willie Gay, and Dorian, you know, Daniel out there. But the linebackers got to step up here. You, you got to make those tackles in the open field when you have the opportunity. That's just there's just no excuse for it. And Andy Reid, Andy Reid's credit he did address the tackling. Um, during his post-game Zoom call, and he said, hey, this is something that you see early in the season. So he's aware that it has to get cleaned up.
4: Hey, Blair, just to ask you and and Vahe a question, um, because when you talk about the linebackers, Damian Wilson was involved in such an incredible hit on Justin Herbert, and he took the worst of it, it seemed like, and at least on TV. And, of course, that's how how Herbie and I watched it today – I was shocked that he came back in the game after that hit he took, and I'm wondering at the game: could you guys feel more of the the hits of the game, the contact of the game, without fans there, without any other ambiance there?
0: Well, that that, tick, that hit in particular, um, I, I said this in the pregame, and I was wrong. And the press box is enclosed; it's not an open press box, so you you can't hear the unless they okay. pipe in the noise from the stadium. But the, the stadium's so new and the windows are so clean that it looks like there's, there's you know, you can see the, that it is an open air press box. So, um, uh, but the thing that struck me about that particular hit were the Chiefs teammates all waving to the sideline saying, get over here, you know, quickly. Cause it happened in the front, it happened on the Chargers sideline. And Herbert just got right up and Damian Wolf was on the ground and, and all the Chiefs players were saying, come on, you got to come over here. Like it was a serious, very serious injury. You think, I don't know shoulder separation. Who who knows what it could be, but I think he was back in on the same series. Um, I, I he was, and and Hitchens was again looked like he had gotten a, a really bad hit, and um, and, and and both of them finished the game. Um, somebody mentioned that uh, you know Willie Gay played a lot today. Certainly got defensive snaps he didn't that he didn't last week. And he made a difference on special teams. He got his hand on a punt, and uh, even though the 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 punt took a good Chargers bounce, but but still, for him to come in off the edge and get his hand on a punt, that's a good moment for him. You know, we're we're kind of waiting for Willie Gay to to show up in 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 a, in a bigger way, and he did he did at least with that today. So that uh, was good to see from Willie Gay. But but but. I mean I'll go let's go back to Harrison Butker. Um that uh so you think about in this Chiefs comeback <clears throat> you have got a, you know the all pro you got the best quarterback in the NFL, you've got the fastest wide receiver making plays and you've got a kicker that nobody else besides Baltimore has, right? In Harrison Butker it took all of that all of that for the Chiefs to to overcome a, a sloppy start in a in a game that it looked like they were going to lose in um, you know after after three at least after three quarters and if I got that about right I mean it took the, it took the stars making those types of plays for them to beat a Chargers team that I, I guess I don't that doesn't have a quarterback right now right that has a rookie quarterback and or an injured starter is is that a it, how does that bode for the Chiefs?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the, the the one play we saw on, on that touchdown from Mahomes to, to Tyree hey, sure you Kill, know. which I'm sure you guys have already talked about, but that play was sort of reminiscent of the offense that we've come to know under Patrick Mahomes for two years. And I thought after that play they got things going again. I thought that the offense looked more like the, the offense that we're familiar with because um, they scored the game time drive on the next drive. Remember, they didn't get the ball. The offense didn't get the ball back for 11 minutes after uh, after they scored that touchdown. Then they take it down for the game time drive, and then they score the game winning drive. So maybe that's what gets this offense going, and that carries into Week Three. Because obviously, they're going to have to put up more points than they put up today. I think next week, when you look at the, who they're going to be facing.
0: Well, you think, you think about some of the moments in the game that could have been big, you know, Chris Jones had a big penalty when he, when he went in low on Herbert and that kept, it was a third and, um, uh, it would have third and eight. It would have, it would have, would have been fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out they come back and get the stop there and do force yeah, the so, field goal. They just, yeah. they So they take more time off the clock a little bit, but, uh, um, you know, I, I thought about that. I, I, I can't get past the offensive line penalties tonight. Um, After playing so with so much discipline against the Texans, the 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 previous game for them to, you know, holding after holding after false starts, you know, I mean, poor poor Nick Allegretti, you know, pushes Harrison Butker back another five feet on the on the game winner. I I I thought poor guy, he's gonna, you know, if if they miss this because of that, um, that's that's how we're gonna know Nick Allegretti on this team.
4: Yeah, the um, – uh, you know, the one play that we haven't talked uh, a lot about, maybe you guys did before I hopped on, but before that last drive, I- I'm shocked that the Chargers didn't go for it on fourth down, knowing what you, all the things you just listed. That They've got the Stars all of a sudden playing well in the fourth quarter, and still they, they allow that offense coming back on the field knowing just a field goal wins the game. Um to me, that was one of the very key plays of the game was the Chargers taking their offense off the field on a fourth and one because of what we said. I mean, they're, they're running. I mean, Herbie just cited their running. Their running stats. I mean, they, they were having no issues running the ball against this team. I thought
0: I thought the Chargers were I thought they made a mistake by not going for it on 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 that fourth and one. I think you got to keep your you can't give the ball back to the Chiefs in that in that situation. So uh, Victor Salazar, with a very astute observation, uh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a moment. But, but before I do that, let's welcome in Sam Mellinger. Hey, Sam. What's up, guys? That was last today. <laughs> uh, so, what'd you write, Sam?
5: Um, I basically wrote that the Chiefs like look like winning ugly is a skill, right? Um, that's that's an important thing that. Only kind of the best teams in the league can do it. But the Chiefs need to not (laughs) get in this situation all the time where they need this, like, weekly miracle from Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, they are good enough that that game should have been dusted, um, you know, in the third or fourth quarter. And, you know, it's just a lot of, I'm sure, what you guys have been talking about, just little execution mistakes, all the penalties. Um, The protection was not good. Um, you know, There's there just a lot of mistakes that led up to that And, and if the Chiefs are going to be what they want to be Which is, you know, improving Upon a team that was good enough to win the Super Bowl Last year, um, they, they need to get away From this
0: Geez, hmm. Sam, they've won 11 in a row What else do you want? <laughs>
5: yeah. <11 in> <laughs> <season? The> old, <laughs> like this team's Going nowhere, right? But you, you know what I mean Like, um, it's great you have these comebacks And everybody knows you can do it, but um, You know, at some point you don't want to get down <laughs> 10 points every game, you know, right. and the and, and, right. and be applied on this. I mean, they look, they've got a great team. Like, we all know that. Um, they, they've got a great team. Um, you know, they have every chance to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, there's just – I guess the Chargers with this, you know, rookie impromptu starter and, you know, the – and the defense doesn't get totally off the hook. I mean, this is more on the offense than the defense. But, you know, um, you, you can't give up 10 minutes in the fourth quarter on one drive. You know, you you got to – you got to get off the field. Um, so anyway, it's, it's a it's a high level criticism, right? Like reserved only for teams that are good enough to win the Super Bowl. Um, but there's just they need to get it's fun for us, you know, that they're in this situation and they keep having these these games. Right. But if you're going to win a Super Bowl, I just don't think you need to be relying on, you know, these wild comebacks every week.
1: It's not fun if you're on a deadline, Melly. Get that right. It's not fun if you're on a deadline. We like when they blow teams out, and it's easier. It, yeah, it's we like <laughs> Hey, well, you know, we learned a valuable lesson this week. I think. Um, do you remember our Sports Beat show on um, Thursday? We spent like maybe two minutes previewing this game.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. we did. That's right. This was. Uh, cool.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: we were we were accused of looking ahead to the uh, to the Ravens, and um, uh, so. And, and rightfully, so, obviously,
4: yeah. rightfully so.
0: Honestly, rightfully <laughs> so. We we knew what we were doing, <laughs> um, but th- but what is this? Um, you know, Chiefs are going to take a two and record to Baltimore for Monday Night Football, and gosh, who in the NFLs look better in two games than the than the Ravens have? So um, that's that's sort of the uh, kind of a measuring stick game for both for both teams. I, Chiefs can't bring this game to Baltimore. I mean they do just... no,
5: like I, I do think it's it's worth emphasizing right that um, that if the offense played like this, they would have lost this game a hundred times out of a 100 in 2018 and and they also probably would have lost this game until the second half of, of last season you know in some ways it's a little bit reminiscent of the Chargers game um, in Mexico City, although the defense played really well um, in that one and that was when Dan Swanson made the play at the end. Um, but you know, th- again, th- th- there is some, you know, um, some benefits being able to win ugly. But I just feel like you know, teams like starting next week with the Ravens, they they've got the Saints, they've got you know, they got some really good teams on that schedule. They're going to have to do better than this.
0: Yeah, Patriots after the you know yeah. after after the Ravens. So and and and, it, and the Bills in Week Six. So they they do they I think the uh, no no favors in the schedule early on. A few people have asked us if there are any updates on Frank Clark's illness. With this, uh, that's all it was listed as a stomach. But as we know, um, or at least listed as an illness, as we know he's had stomach issues, and um, there hasn't there's no update except to say that that's why he ended up missing some time today because of an illness. So that's um, uh, that's something to pay attention to uh, going forward. Um, all right, two and o Chiefs. Um, I think before we get out of here, since, um, uh, since we did cover this event live it to, to the best we could, um, we'll get, um, uh, Vahe, if we can get his mask straightened out to just share a little bit of the experience here of, uh, of covering a game, <laughs> <laughs>
4: It looks like it was a really comfortable experience.
0: <laughs> and because he doesn't have his earphones and he hasn't heard a word we've said.
3: Uh. So what were you saying? <laughs> all, all, all compliments,
4: all compliments.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I don't like
2: scenery either, guys. <laughs> all right, Hey, while you're while you're doing
0: the maintenance work there, uh just uh thumbnail the the experience of of covering a game in this stadium and um, and, and and what uh, once, um, once fans come back, what they're going to have to look forward to at SoFi Stadium.
3: Well, it's a pretty <laughs> impressive place. I'm just doing this because I can't, I can't be heard. Um, it's a pretty impressive place. But I, I think that, uh, um, I don't know if you felt like this, Blair, but by the time the game got going, I sort of stopped noticing there weren't fans. I just sort of was like watching the game. Um, so we'll see. I think it was a, a a real oddity for the chiefs though, and it's completely true that both teams had to deal with the same thing. but i I think that they uh, the combination of that sort of uh, Justin Herbert and that they were just off balance from the start, I think not just disoriented by the whole experience and sounds silly probably, but uh, I, I I think they'll be better off for it having this one under their under their belt.
0: Yeah, maybe. And th- think about this: they get Mike Pinnell back next week. I think that's uh, that's significant. Um, uh, we could be seeing Charvarius Ward. I, I, listen, I, I think about this, and maybe it's uh, uh, maybe it's something we can talk about on Thursday. But look, I, one thing we did notice is that the players were gassed at the end of this game. I, I think under any circumstance, when you play an overtime game and deep into overtime, you're going to be tired. But other players mentioned it after the game, they were just absolutely exhausted by the end of this game. And I think that's also, um, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a matter of having no preseason and you just go from training camp into a season. And uh, it's it, just the whole different way, the different approach to, to the NFL season this year. So um, you're just going to have to kind of build your stamina as as you go on through the year. And, um, and, and the chiefs have had what a goofy schedule, right? they play a Thursday, a Sunday, a Monday. They're not going to have a normal prep week until after, um, well, hell after whoever they the, after the Patriots game and we had their fourth game. Then I think, I think they played the following Sunday. That'll be the first time this season they go from a Sunday to a Sunday. And it's just, it's just odd. The whole thing's, the whole thing's just odd. Um, no fans in the stands, no, no training camp, not all this. It was just, it, it's just different. And yet, and yet, um, Quite an entertaining game today. I mean, just from from a from an entertainment standpoint, um, what a uh, what an excellent game. So let's 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 do some final takeaways from this. Um, Sam McDowell, what um, uh, what uh, bottom line this 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 day for the Chiefs and uh, what it means going forward.
4: Well, I mean, obviously what stands out to me the most is, is that the offensive production through these first two games, they've only completed one pass that has traveled 20 yards in the air the entire season. Now that one pass, I think is what won them the game today. I just thought that that play flipped the game and I realized they still got to make another drive and tie the game. They still got to get a stop in overtime, but that was the the reminder that this offense still can be what we saw last year. And just one final point on that, you know, Going into today, three of Patrick Mahomes' worst five yardage outputs were against this Chargers team. So I think we need to take this under you know in, in that perspective, not to think that hey this offense is struggling against a bad team just because they were a team that get barely squeaked by Cincinnati. They've got a good defense, and I, I just think that needs to be put in that perspective as well.
5: Okay, how about you, Melly? Yeah. Um again, i I guess I'm sort of up a little bit, but like the um the ability to win ugly is important, you know and and nobody gets through a season winning enough games to get to the playoffs while only winning when they're playing well, right? Um, you, you've got to be able to do that. The chiefs did that um in the playoffs last season. Um, but I, I do think that um you know the execution it, it took me off guard, I guess, because like week one, you know, we talked about it. One penalty, um, everything was efficient as hell. And and then it was a step back this week for whatever reason. And, um, you know, they, they, they got to get that stuff cleaned up if they want to get to where, where they want to get to.
2: Okay. All right, Pete, what say you? I'm just always impressed. They made the adjustments when they needed to. You know, they were all killed for so long, but the last three drives, right, were all scoring drives. They moved the ball like they needed to, and uh, – I just give Reed and and the enemy credit. They figured out what they needed to do. And uh, like Sam said, winning ugly is important. I think 11 penalties this week is too many, and that's something you can work on. Right. Okay, Herbie. What do you got, Herbie?
1: Two takeaways. To your point on fatigue, we got to remember, keep in mind in the COVID environment, the Chiefs traveled late. So they didn't arrive into L.A. until last night. Uh, whereas in years past, pre-COVID, they would get in earlier. So I'm sure like traveling across two time zones may have affected how they uh, how they perform today because their their biological clocks didn't really kick in like it normally would in past. Uh, I'm going to step outside the box here and I'm going to say Justin Herbert is going to be a problem for the Chiefs when he becomes really established, uh, maybe down the road when he takes over as a full-time starter. But the kid impressed the hell out of me today. 311 yards today, uh, being told during pregame warm was hey, you're getting ready to start the Super Bowl champs. That was pretty darn impressive what he was able to do out there today.
0: No doubt. No doubt about it. All right, Vahe, what you got?
3: Well, you know, we know that the Chiefs have won, I guess, four of the last six now, uh, having been down double digits, right, if you include the playoffs. And and a uh, friend of the star, Michael McCambridge, uh, Look this up and, and points out that Mahomes is six and zero in games since last season. Six and zero in games in which the Chiefs trailed by ten points or more. So I think that's a pretty good takeaway from where this stands. Now I know Sam Melinger. I think you were going to get into a little bit the whole question of whether you're just going to keep riding the Mahomes, <laughs> the Mahomes thing. <laughs> but uh, they do have them.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Sam was. Uh, yeah, Sam was thinking about other quarterbacks uh, sometime in the third quarter today. Who you know? <laughs> 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 you know, this game reminded me of a couple other games uh, in recent history. I, I thought, even though when they were Detroit last year, Herbie, that was the first game you covered as the beat writer. I thought Chiefs played terribly that game, and it turns out yeah. that, that that Lions team, you know, ended up winning. I think whether and one or something like that, but they were still good then, and uh, it was such a struggle a lot of turnovers in that game it wasn't the case here but i just remember the chiefs finding a way to win games that uh in, in which they don't seem to play very well but the other thing i also remember the colts game from last year still one of the more inexplicable losses of the last few years when um you know when, when uh, the, the jacoby Brissett came into arrowhead stadium and 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 brought the Colts to you know a victory and, and kept the the, the the Chiefs off the field for much of the game and really frustrated uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and so about the but you know at the end of the third quarter I'm thinking well this game could go either e- either way you know in, in both cases the Chiefs didn't play well one they lost and one that they won, um, but I don't know man if you've got the quarterback and again you've got the best quarterback in the game and you've got a guy like Tyreek Hill and you've got the best kicker maybe one of the two best kickers in the NFL. Um, I, I think that improves your chances immensely of, um, of winning games that seemingly are, for whatever reason, are toss-up type games. And, and that bodes well for the Chiefs. So, okay, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. I know Vahe and I got to get out of the press box here pretty soon. I uh, want to thank Beth Welch and Monty Davis for uh, running the show tonight and, and doing all the, the, uh, the legwork with the, with the video. Anthem audio as well, and follow the coverage of the Chiefs in the print editions of the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com. And uh, thank you for joining us on Sports Beat Live from Englewood, California. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sports Beat KC listeners: unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Uh, Let's start
5: with Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, Harrison, an unreal job at the end there where you had to have the the three kicks. I I was wondering what was going through
6: your mind as you had to do it three times and then the eventual game winner. I think I just got a little bit more... uh, angry every kick. So the first one I thought they called timeout, and then I realized it was a false start. But going into the second one, they called timeout again. So in my head that's two timeouts. And then I think I even looked at the uh, the Chargers sideline because I was like, come on, man, I'm trying to finish this game and get back to Kansas City. So that third one I felt like was my best kick. And I mean, to have two practice kicks before that is only going to help you. And I'm, I'm just really happy that we were able to stay through from the blocked extra point. Um, you know, We have a great field goal unit, James Winchester and Tommy holding the ball, and uh, we were able to put it through. But that's stuff that we do in practice, and we were able to transfer it over to the game. Let's go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair.
0: Hey, hey Harrison. Did uh, Just kicking on this field in a new stadium, um, did, that, did, did you get any pregame knowledge that helped you in the game?
6: Um, not really pregame knowledge, but during the week I did a little research and read an article that the turf in SoFi Stadium was the same turf used for the Texans and the Cowboys stadiums. And I thought I had good games whenever we kicked there as well. So I wasn't too worried. And then after the first couple kicks, I was used to the turf. I think it's really nice. It almost feels like you're kicking on grass. I felt really good today and I had a great warm-up, and then was able to continue that in the game.
5: Let's go next to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Harrison, you just used the term like two practice kicks before the third one. I know you have no choice but to look at it as a positive. But when teams
6: try to ice you like that, I mean, do you feel more confident the next time you get a swing at it? I think every kicker is different. I definitely felt more confident. The 53-yarder, I didn't like the way it kind of curved left. I made an adjustment with Tommy. As far as our aiming point, we aimed farther right for the 58-yarder, but a 58-yarder is a longer kick. I swung a little harder, and that one kind of hugged the left upright. And then for that last kick, I had the same aiming point, and I think I just slowed down my leg leg swing a little bit and hit a better rotating ball and a better ball, and I thought it went down pretty much the middle go next to
2: adam teicher go ahead, adam hey harrison uh, hey congratulations so you remember we talked about your maybe increased range uh, when camp started if you remember um do you feel like the things you did in the off season enabled you to the chiefs maybe to be confident in you trying these kinds of kicks and do you
6: feel like you maybe would have made these kicks earlier in your career even last season Um, Last season, I don't know if I would have been as consistent from that distance. If you look back to 2017 against the Texans, same turf, like I said, 49-yarder at the end of the game, barely made it over. So I definitely have a stronger leg than I did in 2017. Last year, I had a pretty strong leg, but did not have the accuracy. This offseason, I was able to make a lot of long kicks. And then going into training camp, I really wanted to show the coaches I could be consistent from that distance. I thought I was in training camp. And then a day like today where you're indoors, basically no wind, I was able to hit from sixty seven before the game and seventy at halftime. Coach Tobe knew that and he told Coach Reed that if we get to the forty yard line, we'll be good. That'd be a fifty eight yarder and I can just swing easy. I don't need to change anything. But last year I don't think I would have made all three of those. Hopefully I would have made the last one. But I definitely feel stronger and more accurate this season. We've got time for a couple more. Let's go, Darren and then Nate. Go ahead, Darren.
0: Darren, you got us?
5: Okay, can you hear me now?
0: Yep.
2: Okay. Uh, Harrison, congratulations. I know uh, you've tied Nick Lowry twice today uh, on his franchise record. Look, according to what you were saying earlier, uh, what you did in the offseason by, by training, by kicking longer field goals, that, that allows you to, you know, in essence strengthen your leg and strengthen you know, how far you can kick. Uh, you know, if you could have done it from further than 58, how much confidence did they have? And then also talk about the fact that you were able to tie the franchise record today twice.
6: You know, as I said, I made the 70-yarder at halftime. I told Coach Tobe that, so he was feeling confident. So I'd say if it was on the, you know, what, the 52-yard line or the 48-yard line, that'd be a 70-yard field goal. I would have felt good making that kick. You know, I don't know if Coach Reed would have let me, but if it was the the end-of-the-game situation, a long fourth down, I would have felt confident going into that. And then, you know, I didn't know that Nick Lowry had the record for 58 yards. I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of a great organization. I was able to make 56 yards last year, and now at 58, I guess I, I got to break the record and beat Nick Lowry, hopefully, hopefully next week, Monday Night Football. Let's go to Nate Taylor to close us out. Go ahead, Nate.
4: Hey, Harrison, just wanted to ask you, because the Chiefs are so known for scoring touchdowns, Um, You obviously wanted to be a part of the offense I just wonder how much do you think people around the country Around the football industry are understanding Your element to the offense Where once they get past midfield You can obviously come into play And then how much of that was your thought process uh, This offseason to be an addition to the offense In that
6: sort of way You know, I've been accurate throughout my career, 2017, 28, 2019. I think for for me to take it to the next level, I have to have some longer kicks. You know, in 2018, my long was 54, which is okay, kind of middle of the park. Last year, you know, making a 56-yarder was big. But now, as I said, I I feel comfortable from 58 and beyond. I think that's what I got to start doing to separate myself from the rest of the kickers in the league and start uh, making longer field goals, and I feel confident doing that. And um, obviously, I'm I'm super thankful for Coach Tobe and Coach Reed for trusting me and letting us attempt those long field goals.
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the Chiefs' victory over the Chargers can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today, but here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports News features commentary the whole bit. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details are at account.com kansascitycom city.com slash subscribe that's account dot slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we'll be back on tuesday with another episode